Welcome to the In Her Power podcast. My name is Carrie Ann Appleton and I am an empowerment coach, a Reiki master, a yoga teacher, but most importantly, I'm a human being and a spiritual being just like you. I started this podcast to bring more awareness, more tools, and more insights into being in your power, to be your most authentic self and feel powerful in that place. I personally have been on a journey of growth and expansive for over 10 years now, and the reason I do this work to help amazing women like yourself is because I have seen how powerful it is to live from a place of authenticity, both personally and for my clients. So if you're listening to this podcast and I imagine you are curious to learn more, or maybe you feel stuck and you don't know where to start, or maybe you have had this kind of itching feeling that there's more to your life than your current reality. Embrace the curiosity that is wanting to emerge here and step into expansiveness. So in this episode, I do something a little bit differently. Um, I'm going to start recording some of my coaching calls for those um, that want to or give me permission to record their call and share it with the world. And the reason why I wanted to do this is because I think there's so much value in hearing a coaching session. So hearing what someone else goes through, I think there's going to be opportunities where you're really going to relate to this and hear the process and the questions I ask them to kind of dig deeper into what's going on under the surface um, to really find kind of that treasure. It may not feel like treasure when we find the root, but it's treasure because once we find it and kind of shift it, then things in our reality change. Now, what's interesting is I was super nervous about um, doing this, about recording a call. Um, and you can actually hear that in this recording. This is the first one <clears throat> with Aubrey. You can hear, if you know me well, you'll hear that I'm, I'm kind of I'm held back, I'm nervous, I'm not even sure what questions to ask. And I wanted to address this at the front end of, of this episode um, because I think it's a great learning opportunity. When you realize you get into a state of nervousness, which, ner- which nervousness is rooted from in fear. So it's a derivative of fear, just like anxiety is or worry is. You're not completely in your kind of creative flow, connective, intuitive energy. So something that I live by that I learned um, when I connected with the Conscious Leadership uh, Group's book, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, they talk about being above the line or below the line. And so when you're above the line, you're in that thriving creative, um, abundant, intuitive, right? You just feel so connected to everything. And when you're below the line, you're kind of in this survival, lack, scarcity, um, in that kind of fear, maybe even a little bit of anger or sadness. Now we're human. We're going to be above and below the line. So I wanted to illustrate this because you'll see as you listen to this episode that I start to switch and I come above the line and I start to connect more intuitively to myself and to the conversation and really help Aubrey out. So know that, you know, we're all human, myself included. I sometimes go below the line on a regular basis, let's be honest. And then I have the power to recognize, oh, I'm below the line and then make a conscious shift to come above the line. So enjoy this episode, not just for what I mentioned here, but also for the value that this coaching session might bring to your life.
All right. So welcome, Aubrey. What hey. is, where do you need support today? What's going on? Um, lately, I have been noticing similar dynamics that I've had with my older sister and then my female friendships throughout my life. And um, which is that there tends to be a lot of jealousy and then therefore they always kind of assume that I'm a brat or that I'm spoiled or stuck up or like a negative aspect of me. And a lot of that I know stems from their insecurities and jealousy. And I knew that even as a kid, um, but I think because it stemmed from so young of an age and my sister behaving in this way towards me that I took it in as, okay, if you get what you want, you're a spoiled brat and that's a bad thing. And I don't want to be bad. So then I didn't really want to get what I want, or rather I was projecting that I didn't really want to get what I wanted, even though I did want those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so therefore I just kind of was looping on this whole cycle unbeknownst to myself until recently that uh, I, I didn't really want those things because I didn't want to be a spoiled brat. And then also the way people would treat me because they were jealous. If I did get what I wanted, they would be mean to me intentionally. And I didn't want that to happen either. Um, so I kind of hid uh, so other people felt better. Like, okay, I'm just going to sit back and Amber, who's my sister, will you know, have the spotlight or she can get what she wants maybe. Mm -hmm. And then with other friends, I would do similar things. And uh, that's something that um, I'm working on because I think that attributes to quite a lot of the things that have shown up mm -hmm. in my life. So it sounds like you have really held back from being your true self. Yeah, I would say that. Okay. And what have you been doing now to try to work on changing that or reprogram that? So one thing is giving anything that's not mine back to the other person and not in real time, real life with my sister, I could do it, but with other people, I don't, I don't have any relation to them anymore. And, uh, so I couldn't do that like in person, but I would do it um, verbally in my mind or out loud, or I would do a DI from the TBM work um, and give everything that's not mine back to them. Like this was your insecurity and this is from your jealousy. I'm giving this thing back to you. And then, because um, for me, I never reframe it from it not having happened because it did happen. Mm -hmm. So then my new thing is, I'm okay with being a spoiled brat now. Mm -hmm. If that means I'm getting the things that I want, I'm okay with that. And if that's what you interpret that as, that's on you, not me. And it's okay and safe to get what you want, even if someone thought it was that you're a spoiled brat. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how I'm dealing with it. Okay, so now looking back at the original uh, root of all this, it, it came between your sister and you. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I'm, I'm definitely in agreement that you can't change what happened, but you can change the story you created. Right. Right. I agree. Yeah. So what new story are you wanting to create? And I think part of that is like just accepting that you're a brat, you could say, but is there another story that you'd like to create from that situation? The story I would like to create is that it's okay to get the things that you want. You're not a bad person because of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think and, that's, yeah. Okay. So that's a great new story. 
Okay, so where are you, like if you sit and just tap into yourself energetically, where are you with that energetically? I think that it was so ingrained in me that I didn't know that this was happening. So it's something that I think lives so deep inside of me that it's like, I can reframe it and say these things. And because it's sort of a new observation of myself, um, I think there's still a part of me that has this fear that something bad is going to happen though. Okay. Okay. So when you were a little child, did you, were you, did you have that same fear? I don't remember having the fear as a child. No, I don't even remember specifics of what my sister said to me. I think it was more or less just her behavior. And then as I got older, I witnessed it more from her and then every other like female friendship that showed up. Mm -hmm. When you're doing the, because what I'm picking up is that it feels like energetically you're starting to change the energy, but it's not quite there yet, as you said. And then yeah. of course you're doing the action part and the, and the verbal part, you know, um, yeah. trying to shift in, in essence the behavior, but there's something still at the root. And I, I'm really want to get curious around that inner child piece. Yeah. So how old were you? Do you remember when this happened? I mean, it must've been, I want to say four years old okay. and there it was my birthday and um, of course I'm getting what I want. It's my birthday. People are giving me mm -hmm. gifts, mm -hmm. but my sister was clearly really bothered by that fact. And there's a photo. I think we spoke about this before, but a photo of me and I'm holding this doll that I wanted and I'm smiling. I wish I had the photo. I'll have to ask my mom, but, um, and I'm smiling really big with this doll next to me. And my sister's kind of in the background mm -hmm. and she has this look on her face, like, are you shitting me? And that just sums up everything. So I honestly cannot remember a specific thing she said. Um, I think it was just energetics though. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm very uh, sensitive to that. So I think it was just, I was feeling her emotions and energy. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't, I didn't want to show up happy because it upset her basically, yeah. or that's how I interpreted it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Remind me, she's older, right? Seven years older than me, okay. and I'm 38 now, so. So she was 11 at that time. Yeah. So when you showed up, she was right at seven. So for seven years, you have no sisters, no siblings in between you? A brother. My brother is two years older than me, actually. Okay, two years yeah. older than you. Okay, and she's the oldest. Out of that group, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, but for, she had she basically had your mom for, or your parents for five years before your yes. brother came. Okay. So she was yeah. a dominant child and yes. we don't need to necessarily analyze her, but I'm just trying to get curious about the behaviors and yeah. then your brother came along and then you came along two years later. Yes. And for some reason you took on, were there other, like something really your sister's reaction, you took it on and started to own it for yourself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Were there yes. other incidences like that? Yeah, I think that happened often with my brother and even my parents, unbeknownst to myself. But I think I did that at a very, very early age. I don't know where it stems from. My parents are both very passive. Um, they don't 
communicate very well, but I know that's why I've always had a hard time with that myself now in relationships and friendships or speaking up for myself. Boundaries Mm -hmm. was always hard for me. Um, But yeah, I was kind of always the caretaker um, in a sense. Again, this was all in Idaho. So my parents divorced when I was five or six. Prior to that, we lived in Idaho and it was my parents, me and my older brother and sister. And um, I must've been four, I guess, three or four. And uh, my brother came in my room because he had a nightmare. And so I put this little like chair bed thing next to my bed so he could hold my hand. And I never thought of this as a little girl, just like, oh yeah, I'm keeping my brother safe. Like that's what Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But I remember talking to a therapist about this and she said, don't you find it interesting that your older brother, granted it's only two years, but came to you for safety rather than your parents? I'm like, well, now that you say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I don't, I don't know, you know? Um, so I don't really know where that stems from. My parents never, I mean, I was a really well-behaved child. I was super quiet. Um, so no one what said was, I had to do it. It was, I don't know. What was going on like within your family dynamics? Was there any trauma? Was there any, even just emotional or like verbal? No, no, not at all. I don't remember either of my parents ever yelling at me or my other siblings. Um, I, I don't even remember anyone else yelling at anyone, like my older sister. Um, my dad drove a truck, so he was gone more often. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I truthfully... Okay. I wish I knew. <laughs> so it sounds like, cause it sounds like you started taking on this kind of caretaker role. Yeah. So when I think about reprogramming it energetically, uh, what work have you done so far? And there's no right or wrong here. This just gives me an idea where you're at. What work have you done so far in terms of um, working with the little girl within you? And specifically on that moment around your birthday, for example. Um. It would be showing up as my authentic self now or magnetic self and telling her that it's okay and that she's safe and either hugging her or holding her hands. And another way, I don't think I've done it for the actual birthday event though, but um, it would also be saying something to my sister or anyone else for that matter. And me as a little kid with me there with her mm-hmm. saying I don't like that you say this about me and it makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. So there's two things like there's going back and stepping into the, the, the version of you when you were a little girl at the birthday party and giving that little girl the thing that she needed in that moment. When her sister said that, what is it she really needed in that moment? And not necessarily, there could be someone coming to her defense to support her and keeping a boundary, but there could also be something in terms of the reprogramming, creating a different narrative or story um, within her mind. And that might help just click the rest of that energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. um, As you're going into any kind of meditative state, whether you're using... TBMs, DIs, or something of your own, you find a, a guided meditation and going down and, and, you know, in essence, being that with that little girl and being that little girl again, feeling into her energy and remembering that those, that moment and looking at the story you wrote and go, that's not the story anymore. I'm going to literally rewrite the story. 
and feel, notice how you feel in your body as you rewrite the story. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you want to try it out? Um, I could sure. guide you into, okay, cool. Okay, so getting into just a comfortable position, go ahead and close your eyes and just first drop into your body. Trying to let go of the mind and just be present in the body. And start to see that memory present itself. So it's your birthday. Notice who's there. Maybe recall the space you were in, if you can remember what you're wearing. Whatever details come, there's no right or wrong. Really feeling into being in that memory again, as if you're that little girl. And then pull up the situation with your sister. Almost as if you're going to replay it. And as you kind of see that, that situation again, as you're experiencing it again, as the little one within you, start to create a new story about what it means about you. Choose any story that you want that feels it's gonna serve your highest good. And notice how it feels as you start to accept that new story. If there's any resistance to accepting it, maybe just notice what emotion is coming up for you. And allow the emotion to kind of be felt completely through. And then go back to the new story. Really soak, soak it in. Until you really feel like you can start to believe it. And notice how you feel in your body as you begin to believe it. And then come back up when you're ready.
was that? Um, it makes me really uncomfortable. Okay, tell me more about really so emotionally, um, where I'm upset that I want to I want to cry because I don't like the way that I feel. What are you feeling? What's the emotion if you can name it? Um, sadness. Mm-hmm. And then rewriting this story initially. So when I'm uncomfortable, I get really fidgety. Okay. <laughs> and so I noticed that my feet, I kept like pointing my toes kind of. Okay. Um, because I was uncomfortable and I don't want to feel my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a harder time with vulnerability. And um, I, uh, and then when I'm saying like, I'm no longer, this is no longer the story and I'm allowed to get the things that I want and uh, I'm not going to hold on to your emotions anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I did feel a little bit lighter, but I still felt like um, maybe I have a little bit of resistance because I don't feel my emotions. Mm-hmm. So at the time of it happening, where I probably really did want to cry as a little girl and I didn't. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think of that I didn't. Um, and I think that happened a lot and that's probably why I was so quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's how I felt. Okay, so what do you think is blocking you from changing this ener- energetically? I think you know, but I want to ask. Um, I, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is I, I also have this thing with control. So I think, I think in my mind, it's telling me that I'm controlling situations by not expressing my emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm safe when obviously the medicine is the opposite. Yep. Is so, that- yeah. Because emotion is energy in motion. Yeah, it's energy, right? So you're blocked in the energetics because the the energy is still within you, and needs to be released. So let me ask you this: Why do you want to control your emotions? Um, I think that I think it makes me safe. So if I can control my emotions in some way in my subconscious, logically, I don't think this is true, but my subconscious believes that I'm protecting myself. Mm-hmm. So like nothing bad is going to happen if I can control the outcomes, if I can control my emotions, you know? Yep. Yep. Is there a, was there a time where you were asked to like control your emotions or did you place that expectation on yourself for some reason to protect yourself? I think mostly I put it on myself, but um, two stories that come to mind when I was little, So my parents never spanked us and they didn't yell at us, or at least not me. And I never saw them do it to my brother or sister. (laughs) But there was this one time where, and again, this is in Idaho. So I'm going to say I'm probably three or four years old. And my brother and I are in my parents' room going to sleep and it's nighttime. And their bedroom was off the living room. So my parents are in the living room together. My brother and I are in the bedroom my dad or mom or whomever turned off the light and shut the door and it was really, really dark. So I got really scared. So I remember crying for them, either my mom or my dad or both. 
either parent and crying for, I don't know, 10 minutes for me probably felt like hours, but, um, and they wouldn't come in. So finally my dad comes in and I remember I was laying on my stomach and I had my hands covering my face and I'm crying. And my dad had come over to me and I didn't know he was so close to me. So he says my name and I lift my head up and I hit him in the head with my head. And his initial reaction was like startled. So he like swatted my butt. And I think I took that as like, I'm in trouble for crying and being upset. Mm -hmm. Like that's the only thing I can think of. And he never spanked me. So it was even more shocking. So I'm like, why is my dad spanking me? This never happens. Mm -hmm. And then I was telling him, I'm just scared of the dark. Like, I just want a light on. That was all I wanted or needed from you, you know? Mm -hmm. And he turned the light on or a nightlight or something and left the room. But uh, that's the only thing I can think of that could have formed me not wanting to express my emotions because I thought I was going to get in trouble. Like, it's a bad thing to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the first story. And then this other one is, this was really traumatizing This is probably the one thing that I think really affected me in uh, a lot of different ways. And I happen to be claustrophobic and this is why, but I think it is a lot of other things as well. Again, I'm like three, four years old. We lived in Idaho and my brother and I were like running around playing in these boxes and stuff. And I guess I had fallen asleep. So when I came to the box was enclosed on me and I started crying and yelling for my mom. And so I heard my mom's voice. I think my brother and sister were there and then my mom's friend and her children. And so I started crying for my mom and they all outside of the box started throwing dirt on me and they're like, oh no, like Aubrey died, we're gonna bury her. Mm -hmm. And I of course scream and freak out. Like what what are they saying to me? So I start crying hysterically. And my mom opens the box and I stand up and they're all standing in front of me and they think it's funny where I'm like three or four years old, traumatized. And I remember feeling such anger that honestly, if I had a knife, I probably would have stabbed either my mom or this woman, her friend. Like, I just remember like not knowing what just happened Mm -hmm. and like, I don't know. And it was really, really traumatizing in a lot of ways, like aside from being claustrophobic, but I think that's why I don't really trust people and um, not having a parent who's supposed to like be there before for you. And I think a little bit of it relates to um, the whole being like a spoiled brat too, to be honest. Like, I think on some level it was I don't, I don't know what my mom was thinking doing this. Honestly, I've talked to her about this now as an adult. And for a long time, she used to hate when I would bring it up. And, uh, but um, yeah, that was probably something that uh, I didn't want to talk about my feelings then, you know? Yeah. So I can definitely see that you're, you're in your head a lot. You're trying to analyze to find the problems, which is great that you really want to resolve these and overcome these, right? But I think a big part of it is stepping into the emotion side. Yeah, I agree. 
And maybe it doesn't have to be so big and scary. Maybe it's putting your toe into the water and starting to feel some emotion where it doesn't feel intense and start to be, let that become comfortable so that you can re start to release more and more eventually over time. I mean, it's probably going to be a, a, as you process through feeling your emotions because you're a human, you're meant to feel, right? Yeah. On all levels. And our emotions are telling us something. Like for example, you were angry when you were about three years old when that situation yeah. happened with the box. I mean, really angry. And yeah. angry usually tells us that like something's not working, your agreement has been broken, you know, there's you're experiencing an expectation um, that didn't come through, you're feeling disappointed. So they it tells you something. And I would say in that situation, it's like it wasn't working for you because your yeah. needs weren't getting met and they weren't realizing what your needs were. And they were coming from the perspective of an adult and you were coming from the perspective of a three-year-old. Right. And they just unintentionally made the matter worse. Right? Yeah. So you as a child, as a three-year-old had the right to be angry. And it's learning how to express that anger in a very healthy way to get it out of your body. The same thing with, um, with you, with the light being out. You had a, as a child, I mean, even as an adult, if you're scared, you have a right to be scared, yeah. you know, and ask for support, you know, to, so that you feel safe. Yeah. And with that situation, it was very unfortunate because your dad came in and you didn't realize and you bumped heads and then he, he yeah. freaked out and reacted probably yeah. again, unintentionally. So, yeah. Um, and even with the situation with your sister and the birthday, you had a right to be upset. What she said, what she said was very hurtful and it wasn't about you, as I you know. know, it was about her, yeah. but that little one within you wants to express that emotion. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's reprogramming that, that you're not going to get in trouble and finding people who will support you and allowing you to feel the emotion and you still get receive unconditional love. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that bugs me just saying it. So that must be what it is. And because no fault to theirs, but I think my parents and my sister too, they didn't know how to hold space maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In some was way, I guess. Was that term even around when we were younger? <laughs> no. no, I always tell people our kids or our parents were kids when they had us like that, you know, like a baby having a baby. Mm -hmm. um, so no, I don't have resentment toward or my sister or anyone to be quite honest with you. But um, and yeah, I'm thinking it's that I'm going to get in trouble for one and that they're not holding the space. So then I don't feel safe. And mm -hmm. being safe is a huge, huge thing for me. Um, even calling in partnership, actually, that's like one of my number one things is that I want to feel safe with the person. Mm -hmm. And that would explain, explain yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe even starting with, you know, can you identify a couple of friends that you can start working on this with? And being, you're going to have to be vulnerable here and share, mm -hmm. I want to start feeling my emotions. And whether it's friends or a, a group of people that you know can hold that space for you. Yeah. I, I grew up in the same situation 
you know, um, where emotions were not really allowed. Yeah. And so when I could finally start to find people that were going to hold space with me and not judge me and I didn't feel wrong, it was amazing. And you start working towards it. And now I'm to the point where like, if I cry, I can cry anywhere. I can be on the street and be okay with it because I can create my own safety within myself too and know that I'm not judged anymore and let me just move through this emotion. And once you get really good at it, you move through it in like 90 seconds to three minutes. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah, I do have, I have people I could talk to. Okay. Yeah. And there's a whole community of people I know that you're connected to as well. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, hold space for you as well and help you. Because I really think like, even when you went in to meet your inner child at that that birthday party. Yeah. um, You couldn't fully accept the new story because there's an emotion there. Yeah. Kind of like, you want me to believe something, but I'm still hurt. Right. I'm still hurt. Yeah, it's, I honestly have a fear that I'm going to get in trouble. And also then, I guess it's deeper than that and that I'm not going to be loved then, mm-hmm. right? Like if I were to tell my sister as that little child, no, you're being mean to me. And then her feelings are hurt. It's like, then I'm really bad, you know, because now I hurt her and then I'm just a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it's it the people pleaser, caretaker. And, I know. You know. <laughs> yeah that many of us battle with because yeah. we use that as a way to that's how we figured out how to survive right yeah in childhood and how to get love or how to belong and so it's it's now taking care of our own needs and that's right. the thing is you'll event you can eventually also learn how to feel your emotions with just yourself yeah so whether that's getting out a journal and just writing down the emotions or being comfortable to close the door and have a big cry. Right. But eventually yeah. getting to that point where you can allow others to hold space for you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can let that little one have her feelings really felt and then the energy will probably switch so much faster for you. Right. Would you say that there are in other areas where you're blocked that you have a similar kind of, I feel like I want to say it's like a small little stake holding down that, like that root. That yeah. You just release. Yeah. I think a lot of the things that have um, come up prior to discovering this, when I trace it back, I'm like, that's in essence, like the root of all of the things Mm -hmm. that have shown up to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. Um, There was this idea of like always wanting to be chosen by a guy. Um, And that kind of boils down to that too. If I really look at it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think about the word intimacy into me, you see. So, you know, in order to have connection, it's allowing people to fully see you. I know. And that makes me, I'm a lot better than I used to be. Um, That's good. But I uh, had a really, really, really hard time with that. Um, I mean, to the point where 
I could literally feel the brick in my chest Mm -hmm. and I couldn't talk or express any emotion to whomever was speaking, I was speaking to, um, usually in romantic partners more so than friendships. But, uh, it was more that I'm like, no, I'm going to let this person feel their emotions Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to feel mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, reverse the rules. I know. Give yourself permission to feel your emotions and allow those other people not to feel theirs at the time and hold space for you. Because you deserve for people to do that for you. Yes. I agree. (laughs) I know. I I can feel it feels really uncomfortable for you. I know. It's really uncomfortable. Um, I did push past a huge fear. This is about a year ago and in reference to a guy and um, I didn't want to have to express my feelings or my emotions about something, but I was like, okay, if I don't do this, I'm just going to keep getting hit with this same scenario. And um, so finally I was like, what do you want to do, Aubrey? Like, do you want to stay small and not like push past this fear? And then it's like never going to go away. And um, anyway, so I did it, even though I wanted to throw up and, um, and luckily I was met with a really great person who really listened to me. Um, so that was nice and expanding. Um, so that's why I'm better at it. Cause I know that exists, but it's still, it still makes me really uncomfortable though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One little, two little tips. As I one I already said, just put one little toe in at a time Yeah, and remind yourself you're uncomfortable you might be uncomfortable, but you are safe. Like there's not a bear coming at you. Yeah. You're just uncomfortable. Deep breaths, breathe into being uncomfortable and start to allow the emotions to come out. You'll, you know, when we feel our emotions, because I went seven years without feeling my emotions. I just shut my emotions yeah. off because I couldn't deal with just, my nervous system just had an overload of so much stuff that was happening in my life. Um, it took, a, it took a while to come back, you know, and baby steps, but I was missing out on like the beauty of life, the vibrancy of life. Yeah. I wasn't fully engaged with it. And now like having emotions, I feel like, I feel like I'm alive. Right. Does that make sense? And it I have deeper sense. connections and I know yeah. I have that too, for sure. I was going to say it allows the other person to be vulnerable too. Yep. And that makes so much sense why certain people showed up in my life. Like looking back now, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I was emotionally unavailable too. And that's why I kept attracting that. <laughs> so there you go. it's your mirror. It's your mirror. Yeah. So, so was this helpful? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm so excited that you, um, decided to do this with me today and that um you allowed me to just guide you through this process and i know that you know you're going to start to open up the kind of emotional box and let emotional box and let things start to flow (laughs) right yes Yes. and as much as it's going to feel intense at first it's going to be this like huge freedom in your life and things are going to really start to shift for you i can see it yeah, I could feel that. And that's probably partially why it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole you know? way of being. It's going to yeah. be familiar until it becomes familiar. Right. Yep. Because you are really shifting who you've been for so long. 
into who you want to be. Yeah. And you've got tons of love and support. You know, I'm on your team. I know. So yeah, always. Right. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this coaching call that I did with Aubrey and that you got a lot out of it. As you saw in this episode, I think many of us struggle to, one, recognize our emotions, but honestly feel them. We hear often to feel the feels, so feel our feelings, right? As I always say, feel our emotions, because emotion is energy in motion. So those sensations that come up in the body, we want to move them, not suppress them, not push them down. And so before we wrap up, I want to leave you with a reflective question for you to connect with yourself on a deeper level. So the question is, are you giving or allowing yourself to feel your emotions? And if you are, why? Why is that important to you? What have you seen by feeling your emotions? And if you're not, also explore why. So take some time and reflect and maybe even journal about this because this is a great opportunity to learn more about yourself. This is a great opportunity to empower yourself. This podcast is a gift and if you're interested in supporting this work, please use the link in the show notes to make a contribution. I know I greatly appreciate everyone who supports this podcast. Also, if you are not a member of my In Her Power community on Facebook, then please feel free to join us. We'd love to have you. Again, I will put the link in the show notes for you. That is all for this episode. Remember the African word Ubuntu. I am because we are Ubuntu. Beijos.